أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم كل نفس ذائقة الموت وإنما توفون أجوركم يوم القيامة فَمَن زُحْزِحَ عَنِ النَّارِ وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةَ فَقَدْ فَازَ وَمَا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا مَتَاعُ الْغُرُورِ تكبير الله أكبر Brother here has said a beautiful verse from Surah Al-Imran uh, verse 185 here where he basically said that every soul shall taste death and on the day of resurrection you shall be paid in full for what you did and whoever has kept away from the fire and is admitted into paradise will be the true successful and will have triumph and the ple- and this world is just a, is just an illusion of pleasure subhanallah, subhanallah. subhanallah. wake up call Opening of the episode with a clear and concise verse from the Quran that uh, tells the theme of the episode that we're talking about, you know, a reality check on death, you know, um, you know, the the punishments of the grave, punishments of the hellfire, the reward of paradise for those who believe and do good deeds Mm -hmm. and uh, are inclined towards the truth. So to start off this episode, what I want to talk about is like there was a thing that i was thinking about before even the episode started and i was thinking you know as as muslims when we grow up you know one of the hardest things that i uh have endured was going through the public school system not being surrounded by muslims and for some people that's something difficult like they they ask us these questions a lot like how do i survive you know, my dean living in the West or something like that, you know, and we've talked about, you know, not compromising your dean for anything, right? Mm-hmm. And because what what, uh, what this, what Surah Ali Imran said in uh, ayah number 185 was that this this world is just the illu- uh, illusion of pleasure. Mm-hmm. Like it's the enjoyment of delusion. And when you think about that, that comes under the pretense of, you know, the way you live your life outside of, you know, the dean. Like if your dunya is uh, like not encompassing the deen, like if you're not taking, you know, Islam as the forefront of the way you live your life, even when you go to school, if you're going to a public school, then how are you going to like, how are you going to progress in life? Mm-hmm. Like how do, can you seek the, the, the akhirah knowing that Islam is not the forefront here? How can you seek to have the reward of like of you being a Muslim in the akhirah? You know, that reminds me of like a verse in, from Surah Shawara. And it's like, was it any benefit of them what they had joy- enjoyed? Was that enjoyment any benefit to them? It's like subhanAllah, like when when the reality, when the haq is supposed to, uh, is to come and we hear in this verse, every single soul shall, shall taste death. Like come bring me someone, bring him alive in front of me. You can't, why? Because he's dead. Like think about, think about it. When like this is so true, this is the destination of every human being, yet it is the most neglected thing. I mean, you really have to think about it. It's not going to matter what you really did in this world outside of outside of Islam. Like, it's not going to matter how much money you made. It's not going to matter, you know, how many paintings you drew or whatever. If it wasn't, you know, if it wasn't beneficial for your Islam. You know what will matter? And who was the one man who was sent to you? Yeah, even in Surah Al-Imran, like earlier, earlier in the chapter, it talks about, you know, on that day, neither their, 
neither their children nor their properties will avail them on the day of judgment. Mm -hmm. Allah says in various areas in the Quran, again and again, Allah makes it clear that this world is just rubbish. This world is nothing. Allah says, Or in another area, So Allah is making it clear various, various times in the Quran in almost every chapter that this world is just nothing. We're just living a lie, subhanAllah. Mm -hmm. And we enjoy it so much. And I saw a quote and it's like, a man without purpose will find pleasure to distract him. Well, even the thing is, like, you have to think about it. No, 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 no. Listen to what I just said. A man who has no purpose will find pleasure to distract him. You have no purpose in this life. You have no deen. You have no religion. Like, you have no purpose to worship your, your Lord, the one who created you. What will you find? You'll just find pleasures to try and distract you. You'll, you'll go, find, you'll you, go you, turn you'll the alcohol. You'll find yourself you in an illusion. Quote, in an Islamic perspective, what is that purpose? That purpose is attaining Jannah and being, uh, having Allah being pleased with you, mm -hmm. right? And then practicing, you know, so that you can attain Jannah. Mm -hmm. Pleasing your creator and not the creation. I don't know. What were you going to say? <laughs> yeah, let me okay, so um, seeking like seeking pleasure when you have no purpose. This is something I see every single day. I, like we live in America, like we see this every single day. You see the people who like they have they have no true faith. They have no true like sense of salvation. The fact that they're they're sitting here believing in the true way of life. So then they they turn to things like you know the partying, you know the smoking, the drinking. They turn to these substances, these mechanisms that can cope for, you know, the empty spots in their life. The fact that, you know, they have no purpose for when they wake up. You know, some of these people, their only purpose is to wake up, go to work, come home and go to sleep. Party on no, the weekend. Yeah, party on the weekend. Go get drunk, go do this, go do that. Or even so, there'll be, there'll be people who take their purpose as providing for the family or providing for someone, a certain someone. But like, shall I tell you why this is wrong? Like, when you provide, when your entire purpose is based on someone or someone that's sentient and that's living, know that that person will come to die. No, whatever you live for will come to die. Unless you're doing it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because he is a ever living. Ayyum. Exactly. See, that, that makes a lot of sense because it's like, imagine, you know, you're a father. You, the only thing you want to do is provide for your family. You want to become a millionaire or something. Become very wealthy to provide a great life for your family that you may not have had, right? Mm -hmm. But what happens if they all just perish all at once? You know, mm -hmm. they, they get in a horrible car accident and they all just die. What are you supposed to do then? Is that a, a person without a purpose, a person who serves that as their purpose, your purpose is over. So why would you even want to live? But someone who fears Allah, who provides for their family because this is ordained by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, if this were to happen, they'd see it as a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they'd see like, okay, it was their time to go. Their time was to leave now. They, would, they wouldn't be asking questions like, why were they taken right now? Like, why did they die now? Like, why, is, why am I the one who had to uh, lose my family? Mm -hmm. You know, like, uh, they, they uh, left this earth too early. You know, yes. I, once, I once had someone ask me, why do we say the, like the term for the sake of Allah? Like, oh, I'm going to go to the, I'm going to love this person for the sake of Allah. Like, why do we say this? Well, you here, know, you know, do you have an answer for this? Here's the thing with the, like doing something for the sake of Allah or loving someone for the sake of Allah. When you do that, it is unconditional, right? So it doesn't matter how, how this person treats you or whatever it may be or whatever they have done. Like you do it out of the kindness of your heart for the sake of Allah, right? Like yeah. meaning like you don't expect anything in return, not even a thank you. Like it doesn't matter if, if, if they were to do something for you or not to do something for you. Like you're still going to be happy in your heart because you know Allah saw what you did. Yeah. And the thing with, for the sake of Allah, it's not just limited to this life. It carries on into the next of life. Course. Because Allah is al-Qayyum. You're the one who will perish. But oh. your deeds that you do for the sake of Allah do not go unnoticed by him. Mm -hmm. And that's when at your death, on the day of resurrection, people will be repaid full, in full for your labor. Like say you worked very hard for something and Allah never gave it to you. And on the day of judgment, day of judgment all, all affairs will be settled. Nothing will be left out.
Yeah. But that also goes for if you wrong someone, if you did bad by someone, like you, you, you know, like in this, this is the thing I like to think about most because it's just like you see so much injustice happening around you. You see like the way people treat each other, and then you're just like, do you really think that like, these people really got away with it? Like mm-hmm. that's just it. Mm-hmm. Like they they died, and like you know, like how let's, trivial I could have like murdered a hundred people, and I could have still died with a smile on my face. But yet, like you really think I, I'm gonna get away with it? That's yeah, primitive thinking. Of, yeah, Hussein mentioned something very important. A little while uh, earlier, he said that people they take substance and stuff like that to fill that that emptiness in their life in their heart, like that void that someone feels, and that's like uh, that happened because when someone's far away from Allah, these people have no purpose, nothing. So then, uh, that like there's there's that emptiness, that void in their heart that they can't fill, and they try to with this dunya, but they can't they end up destroying themselves. Mm-hmm. They end up destroying themselves. They end up adopting the dunya as their like as their way of life, like that the way to truly find success is for me to do good here to, for me to leave a legacy here for me to be like the best at whatever or it is for me that to I just do. please myself endlessly like yeah and like and, and one of a reminder for like us and anyone who's watching this is that if you want true contentment if you want to be fill that void then the only the only thing that will do that for you is connecting to allah and asking allah mm-hmm. i remember I, I have i had a friend and um i visited him uh last summer and i was talking to him and we were just talking you know like hanging out talking about dean and stuff and he told me something very profound. He said, do you know why that some people, like mostly like a lot of non-Muslims and stuff, like they, be, they commit suicide or they, um, they become depressed and stuff like that, even though some Muslims face the same thing. But the re- and even the same Muslims that, 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 happens, that, that, that happens to them, the reason is he said, me, if I was to be depressed or if I was to be feeling like guilty or feeling sad, I know that I can put my head in sujood and someone's hearing me. Mm-hmm. Some people, they don't have someone to hear them. That's why people came up with this stuff like therapists and stuff like that. Some people don't go to that. So they end up, they have no one to talk to. But every Muslim, if you, you truly know who Allah is, you know that there's someone that you can turn to and that you can talk to. And that place is contentment. That place is happiness and joy in your heart. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. And that type of thing places pride in your heart. When you're too proud to even go seek help from someone else, and then you even even with that, you still turn away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Think about the pride of this person. This is why Allah destroys them. But see, people don't see like that as being, them being destroyed. They just see like, oh, it's a mental illness. They're just, you know, like they're um uh they were just sick or something like that. Like, no, this Allah will destroy you without you knowing it. Like Allah will punish people without them knowing it. They might not see it as a punishment. You know, for the Muslim, they're not gonna see it as a punishment. And we They'll even- see it as like a blessing in disguise that you know something better may come, or this is as a result of me doing such and such. You know, they'll reflect on themselves, but other people, non-Muslims, they're not going to reflect on themselves. They're going to think that, you know, this is they're just bad it. luck. Yeah. We'll I, even see, like, dude, in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about this is same exact person. In Surah Taha, it says, like, whoever turns turns away from my remembrance, he'll have a depressed life. He'll have a depressed life. And then what does it say after that? We will raise him on the day of judgment blind. Blind. Yeah. And then what will he say? He said, say, why my Lord, why have you blind? raised me blind? And then what will he say? You, the way you, you were blind to my, my remembrance. Signs, then not today, we turn away from you. Imagine the humiliation. Imagine humiliation, bro. Like, give me shivers. It's, Imagine it's, humiliation. It's not even just verses like that. Like, there's even more verses where, you know, the people in the hellfire, they're going to be asking Allah for another chance. And Allah will say, sit there and do not speak to me. Like, imagine the, the Lord of the worlds. Like, at that point, you have nothing down there. And he, the, the Lord of the worlds tells you, sit in there, like, with disgrace and don't speak to it, me. It almost puts it into perspective how deluded, like, we must have been. Like, or someone uh, someone who turned away from Allah must have been. Like imagine how deluded you have to be for a lot, because this is it's it's almost clear. Like you look outside and you're like, do you think this came from nothing? 
how how arrogant do you have to be to reject it? And these same non-believers, they'll, they'll ask like, okay, then, you know, why, why is this God going to throw us into the hellfire? But you have to understand, why pick the hellfire over an all-merciful God is the real question you should be asking. Instead of saying like, why would an all-loving all God throw his creation in the hellfire? How wicked of a person did this person have to be to end up in the hellfire? Because then, ending up in the hellfire is not, as, is, is not easy. And then I don't know any person who could hear of what Jannah is and not strive for it. Jannah, there's, there's no bad feelings. There's no bad smells. Like, you don't stink in Jannah. The issue with, look, <laughs> the, issue, the issue with people who like to, like, question Allah's goodness, Allah's mercy, when they speak about the hellfire, especially non-Muslims, is the fact that they throw their own idea of goodness, their own idea of mercy onto the, to what Allah has ordained, what Allah has created. Like, the hellfire, this is a place for the wicked, right? So people, they don't think that, oh, these people are so wicked, the fact that they didn't pray. Like, it, you can never compare it to anything that you do. Like, oh, if your child doesn't uh, listen to you, you're not going to throw them in the hellfire. But it's not, it's not the same thing. This is, like, when you think about the way Allah has ordained things and the way that he has set things uh, to a certain point of time, like, everything has its appointed time. Like, the fact that he created the sun, he gave us the earth. He gave us the earth to be the, uh, the successor over. Like, he took the jinn out and uh, put Prophet Adam Ali Sam in. And he did that for a reason. Even even though the the angels were the ones who said like you're not you're gonna put uh, someone on the earth who's gonna cause mischief and shed blood, mm -hmm. even though we we do that and Allah but, knew that, but we, He still let us be here. He still let us turn back to Him. He still what did Allah say signs. after that? What did Allah say? After he says, after? "I know that which, which you do, do not, not know. know." And then and later in that story in Surah Baqarah, when Adam eats from the uh, from the tree and Allah cast him out of um, heaven, what does Allah teach Adam? Teaches him how to repent. Teaches him how to repent. So why would Allah teach him how to repent? It's a repentance, subhanAllah. Repentance, subhanAllah. Prophet said that if, if everyone in this ummah was to stop sinning, Allah would replace us with a people that would sin and repent. Mm -hmm. Allah loves your repentance, subhanAllah. SubhanAllah. Another one, when you were mentioning Surah Taha, Allah also says something similar. He said, And on this day, we will, we will forget you. We will banish you. Just like you forgot, this, you forgot about this day, this liqa, this meeting with me, you forgot about it. Mm -hmm. So why should I remember you today? SubhanAllah. Why should I show you mercy? SubhanAllah. And it's like on the day of judgment, like when in the Quran, when it tells us conversations about like, or questions that people will have on the day of judgment or statements that they will say, it's like almost none of them, they're not going to protest what is going on with them, but rather they knew they're, no, they, they know. They're, they no knew. one is going to disagree They're going to say, woe to me. Like, uh, the woe to me, I wish I had taken, uh, I, I wish I had not taken so-and-so as a friend. Woe to me, I wish I had taken the messenger as a, as a way. Like, they're going to, they're going to know. What, if only I had obeyed Allah and the messenger. What can you say when your limbs are testifying against you? Yeah. What can how, you, how can you deny that? No, because at the, no one's going to be denying Allah's judgment. Yeah. Like, the only thing people will do is ask for another chance because they know they're wrong. Like they, they, they see the reality of it now, but unfortunately it's too late now because Allah says in the Quran many different places, if only they knew, if only you knew, or, you know, the, the verses like this, they were really heavy, they were really heavy thinking. Yeah, subhanAllah. That's actually a scary thought. Like when I saw that, you know, some people, they'd ask for, you know, another chance and uh, like they say, oh yeah, we'd believe. And Allah says like, you'd believe for a short time and then you'd go back to your ways. You know, that's one of the scariest things to think about because like if you were to die upon disbelief or you die in munafiq or something like that, that means that now like at your at this uh, meeting with Allah, you're, you know, it's 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 a sa'ah, the hour, like this, these names for the day judgment, you know, yom al-qiyamah, you're sitting there and you're telling Allah, like, give me another chance because you're saying, oh yeah, I'm going to believe. And Allah knows like, you'll believe, Allah but you'll believe for a certain amount of time. Like eventually you'll go back to your your previous ways. Like you think about that, they're, like these people, they're so wicked that... No matter what, they know exactly where what what happened. 
Like if they were to go from the day of judgment, go and get another chance on earth, they'd still go back to disbelieving. Like that's 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 the mercy crazy. of Allah. When He takes your soul, He knows that if you were to live for another hundred years, you would have never changed your way. Not even just forever. Forever, you never And that's a, that's a reality check upon death. Like the fact that we're still alive, I'm still subject subject to change. Like I haven't died yet. I haven't. So I always you always have to keep repenting, keep turn uh, like keep. Keep up your Staying prayers. Steadfast Stay on steadfast the on your Staying religion. Why? That, that's the danger of living of living between sinning or living between a life of sin and living between a life a life of ta'a, of obedience to Allah. The danger of that is because you don't know in which one you're gonna die. Yeah, you don't know no. in which one Allah's gonna take your soul. Yeah, that's, that's why. That's why we always ask Allah for a good ending. Yeah, and it's also fatima. it's also um, being conscious of the fact that if you're on upon you know Islam right now, if you're upon the Deen, you know you pray. You give your zakat, you fast on Ramadan, you try to go to Hajj, you know, these type of things. You have the full belief in your heart. It doesn't mean you're safe, you know, because there are people who've had that and they've died upon disbelief. Mm -hmm. There are people who have had that and they, uh, they've died uh, munafiks. Like, yeah, and Allah says, that Allah, like, subhanAllah, Allah judges these people in the Quran. Like, he, do not purify yourselves. He is knowing of who is truly fearful of him. So don't go in, in pride and say, oh, like, look, I'm a Muslim. Oh, I've, I've attained it. You're still on earth. You still haven't died yet. Mm -hmm. don't, don't forget to thank the one who gave you guidance in the first place. Did he not find you got lost in guidance? This is, why, this is why things like, like going out to feeding Muslims or, you know, uh, uh, dooming non-Muslims to hellfire yeah. is something that we're not, we're not ordained to do. We have no authority over that because that takes the authority away from Allah and it gives it to us. We don't have none of that authority. Yeah, we have no authority yeah. to put, put judgment upon another person. Uh, in the way that Allah does. Because it's like you could have easily, so very easily had Allah willed, because it is Allah who brings guidance, you could have ended up just like him. Just like that person. One of the Salaf used to say, he said, be humble in all matters. Be humble to the one that is older than you, because he did more good, good deeds than you. Mm -hmm. Be humble to the one that is younger than you, because he, did, he committed less sins than you. Uh -huh. He also said, I am more humble than the non-Muslim. I believe the non-Muslim is better than me. He is better than me. Why? Because... And in the switch of his heart, Allah can guide that person. And what? He becomes like a baby. Yeah. No, no bad deeds, subhanAllah. And his bad deeds turn into good deeds. And his bad deeds turn into good deeds. He becomes better than me. So he's more humble than the non-believers, subhanAllah. It also makes you think, like, look how merciful our, our Lord is, who, who has made it so easy for us to attain a, a, to attain a reward. See, that's a warning. That's a warning to the people out there. See, I see it a lot on, uh, on TikTok, especially with like um, Muslims who argue against other Muslims or Muslims who argue against non-Muslims. They go around takfiring them, calling them kafirs. Like a non-Muslim, yeah, they're a kafir, but it, you don't don't say kafir with with the intent that they're never going to turn back to Allah. That they that they can't. Like, don't place your judgment upon them so deep to the fact that you think that they will never turn back to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Even the darkest people can turn back, and it, we you don't know until the time of their death. So like, we've seen examples of this in the time of the Prophet Like exactly. clear enemies of Islam, like they, they become Muslim, become the best of Muslims, and they become exactly. the best of Muslims. Like imagine Khalid ibn Walid, like he was killing the Muslims. Yeah. Or yeah, he, he wanted to kill the Prophet He became one of the, one of the greatest companions. I don't know. See, like, and we may not have the status of the Sahaba, right? But it doesn't stop someone from like being able to turn back to Allah, like. When I when I see people who are clear clear cut enemies of Islam, like they know the truth yet they conceal it, and you know they turn away from it actively, turn people away from it. That's different than someone who's ignorant to the truth. Yeah, of course. Like you know, we always bring up this example. You know, you have the difference between a kafir, like someone who knows Islam, they still decide to disbelieve in it, and then your regular Joshmo who doesn't know anything about Islam. Like don't you know you can't doom these people to hell. You have no right.
So for example, but rather than- our, our brother Matthew here, let's say our brother Matthew here, he dies. You know, he's a non-Muslim. We can't say he's going to hell. And we can't say our brother Hussein here, if he dies right now, we can't say he's going to paradise. Yeah, because all he does. It, it, Inshallah, he does. <laughs> that's why you say. That's why you pray janaz on them, man. Yeah. Of course. But it, see, it's not for us to say why, because alayhi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is Allah not the best of judges? Like, yeah. think think about it. I want you to know, like, when you meet Allah on the day of judgment, for any Muslim, any non-Muslim, Allah will know every single circumstance you were put in, where your heart was, where your heart was, oh, the, the exact circumstance, the exact scenario, and he'll give you the best of judgment for that. And he, you'll be repaid full. Like, no one, no one will be wronged on that day. You know, subhanAllah. Because he's the most just. Yeah, exactly. nobody, nobody's going to question the judgment of Allah on the, on the day of judgment, right? But see, think about how large of a misdeed that is that people do it here. They try to question Allah's mercy, try to question the fact that, uh, you know, Allah may not forgive someone or Allah may not turn them back to Islam or uh, the fact that they condemn someone to hell without knowing what Allah's judgment is. And they think that, oh, if they were to see this person in, in Jannah on the day of judgment, you won't. You still won't ask Allah, you because for one, it's none of your concern, and two, Allah's judgment is perfect. And you'll be worried about yourself. On exactly. That. No, but even if you were to make it to Jannah and you were to see someone that you thought like, oh, they weren't a good person on earth, you you won't have no worry about you it. You truly yeah. don't know what someone's heart. Yeah. What, what he has. Exactly. It's not. It's not like if you were to make it to Jannah and you see someone who's a munaf, you thought was a munafik on earth, you won't be sitting there like, yo, why did you get here, dude? Like you're not. You don't care. You made it to we Jannah. Won't, we won't have any so ill like, Why would you care? Here? Exactly. Like, you won't like, have no ill feeling. So why do you? Why do you try to have ill feeling here? Why do people try to make themselves feel bad by you know either putting other people down or thinking about like their their final destination? Why don't, Why don't you just have hope in the mercy of Allah and you know go go on about your life? What does that even say as you as a person? Like look at the arrogance in that. You you really think that you're better? You really you, you have you have you have the pride? <laughs> Can't be serious right now. Huh? Truly, whenever we speak about death, like what comes to your mind with our true purpose of life? Like I'm asking you. Well, I mean, the remembrance of Allah doesn't even stop in the grave. Mm-hmm. You think about that? That's crazy. The first the, the three questions you're asked, those are about you know the remembrance of Allah. That'll tell you the the amount that you remembered Allah on the earth will like will influence your answers in the grave. Mm-hmm. And then on the day of judgment, it will do the same thing because those deeds will come back uh, to fruition and they will be intercessors for you on the day of judgment. You know, the fact of how, mu- how much you read the Quran or memorized the Quran, that will be an in- intercessor for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of, you know, you being a follower of the Prophet in mm-hmm. this ummah. See, there, everything lies within the remembrance of Allah. Why do you think you, you re- uh, said the verse earlier, you know, establish the, the remembrance of Allah? Like, that's one of the most important things. Establish the remembrance of Allah. Establish his remembrance. That, that, that just doesn't mean they could, that just understand doing things for the sake of Allah. You know, when you do stuff unconsciously for the sake of Allah, that's, uh, that's an act of worship because that's not you doing it for yourself. That's you doing it for, you know, you seeking the reward of, uh, of Allah. Like, um, why did, why do we say that whoever, uh, the, the hadith that says why, whoever fasts, uh, Ramadan with sincerity and seeking the, the reward, reward of, of Allah, Allah will have their uh, past sins forgiven. You know, seeking the reward of Allah, that's part of it. That's me. Like, I'm sitting here, I'm praying extra prayers because I'm like, I just want the reward of Allah. Like, I'm worshiping Allah because I want the reward. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing this out of, for, like, for, uh, for the fact that I'm going to be rewarded. You know, I'm not doing it because, oh, everybody else is praying. Like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it to be, uh, to impress other people. Like, I, I, I'm not sitting here takfeeding other Muslims. Like, I'm not doing any of these things. I'm doing everything for the sake of Allah. Why? So that is that what you believe? Like, your true purpose is what? Just to remember, remember Allah? 
because the remember Allah is the one thing that's going to come back for you. Mm. Um, what about you? When you think I about death, just remember is- Allah, like serve, serve Allah, like in every which way that you can, because everything is limited and Allah is not limited. So like, why, why spend my time out here trying to impress the creation when I can impress the creator? Mm-hmm. Like if I, like I said, if I'm, if I sit here trying to impress the creation all the time, it'll never be enough or someone will backstab me or whatever it may be. But if I do things purely for the sake of Allah, it can never go wrong for me. It's, it, it's only in my benefit mm-hmm. I don't know. that I see like, it's, it's, it's crazy to think about that. Like even like a hundred years from now, if we're in the year 2,123, like 99.9% of the people that are living right now will be dead. And then what? Will it, will it matter? Will everything matter? Like that, that didn't benefit me in the grave? What about you? Go ahead, Yusuf. So, you know, we know that life, life is a journey from Allah to Allah. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that again. Life is a journey from Allah. He gave us his journey. Why? So we can turn to him. In every aspect of our life, because we know that Islam is a lifestyle. Islam is submitting to Allah. Our whole life, our whole, our whole life. What is our purpose? Is to submit to Allah, mm-hmm. turn back to Allah through everything we do, right? Through everything, providing for your family, getting married, having kids, everything you do, your work, everything. If you have the right intention, you have the right belief. It is for the sake of Allah, and it's submitting to Allah, and through that, Allah will reward you, right? And and you will, and you will, Allah will be pleased with you. And you'll have tr- true contentment wherever you are in life. So life is a journey from Allah t- to Allah. A very uh, deep controversial ayah that has, that, subhanAllah, this is the eloquence of the Quran. Allah says in the Quran, فَفِرُّوا إِلَى اللَّهِ Flee or run away to Allah. So if you say, if you tell someone to run away, you're running away from something, right? You're running away to Allah, but what are you ultimately running away from? From the adab of Allah. So the only person that can protect you, like if you're in danger, right? Mm-hmm. Right, you're gonna run away to Hussein so he can protect you, right? Mm-hmm. For example, um, but if you're running away from to Allah, what are you running away? You're also running away from the adab of Allah to the mm-hmm. rahmah of Allah. So that it's like the ayah, subhanAllah, and if you it has a very, very deep meaning that requires the tabur, that you're running away from the adab of Allah, from the punishment of Allah to Allah. Another point is that we worship Allah, we do salah five times a day, but if you were to worship Allah 500 years and give sadaq and all that. That will not enter you into Jannah. Because the Prophet said, none of you will enter Jannah through your actions. None of you will enter Jannah through your actions. So the Sahaba saying there, he said, even you, Ya Rasulullah. He said, even me. Imagine the Prophet All his life is just for the sake of Allah. Everything he went to. Even him, if it was not for, لَوْلَا رَحْمَةُ رَبِّي He will not be in Jannah. So we, the ultimate, our worship, do not think that you are doing stuff. A Salaf said, do not perform the nafil or the sunnah salahs. Do not perform them as you're like you're generous towards Allah. Yeah. Perform them so you to kick, so you can get close to Allah, because Allah does not need us; we need Him. Wow, Subhanallah, Allah. It's like because when you establish the prayer throughout the day, it's like it keeps you away from filth. What doesn't add to Allah anything? It is dominion. Of course, but rather it's it's all in a, in a way we have to be selfish. Yeah, we have to help like- ourselves. Yeah, it's not like when you're sitting there for like or Sunnah prayers or like the Hajjud or something. You know, you're not sitting there like. Like Allah, look, I'm here. I'm praying to you. You know, like you don't answer me. If and then if Allah doesn't answer, you stop doing it all of a sudden or something like that. Like this is you 
this is you saying, okay, if Allah hasn't answered me yet, I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep praying, get an answer. And then when I get an answer, I'm still going to be praying because, you know, Allah answered me. So I have to show my gratefulness to Allah because he didn't need my prayer to begin with. Mm -hmm. But me praying, you know, that helped me out. And it's still helping me out right now because, you know, it keeps me on the path of Allah. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because the, the gratefulness, Allah, it's a big part of like to be content in this life and be content at the time of your death. Why? Because Allah says in the Quran, like, be grateful to me and he will increase you. And even in a hadith, Rasul alayhi salatu salam said, whoever doesn't, um, whoever's not grateful for the little things will not be grateful for the big things. So it's, it's this is, this is our, the words of our Rasul. This is not the words of Fulan. Like, just think about that. And you think about what, like, the little things. You know, little things are little the things. Little things are being able to pray. Little things are being to pray, be able to that's stand not, that's in front of Allah. I'm talking little the fact that you were given another day yeah. to worship Allah. Is that little? <laughs> like, like, because people, people, how many people are waking up? They're, they overlook you know, they're that. Showing their shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the fact that they're still alive today. Or the fact that they have something to eat on that day. Or yeah. the, the fact that they have clean water. But that, that they were not the ones that were bombed. Or yes. the fact that they have parents. Or the fact that, you know, like every single breath you take is by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like you're not sitting here breathing on your own. Like Allah gave you the permission to continue to breathe or for your heart to continue to pump or for you to be able to see. Like all the ni'mas of Allah, you know, they... If we were to count it, we exactly, could not count them. That's why you can't, yeah. you can't count them. And that's why you're not going to get into uh, on your actions because you your actions won't, they will never be able to overtake the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or even this, like, look at the story of Adam. Like, it parallels this. Allah taught him the words of repentance. Why would he teach Adam the words of the the words of repentance which have been used all throughout time? Even now, like, we still use the same words of repentance towards our, our Allah. Why? Obviously, it is incorporated into our true purpose. Because when we repent to Allah, we're, we're active. It's worship. It shows Allah that without, without his uh, forgiveness, without his mercy, like, we... We can't win. Like what Adam said, he would be among the losers if if Allah didn't forgive him. And that's true. Like we we'd be among the losers because we would lose our purpose if we didn't actively repent to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. We use the blessings that Allah gave us to sin. Allah against. Allah. Uh, even yeah, but like our blessings, right? We we can't count them, but our you know our calamities, we can count them on our hand, even just one hand. No, like it's crazy to think about but yeah those those calamities will cause someone to be so ungrateful to Allah but that they forget all the other blessings you know it's like it's like when you're having such a good day and then just one bad thing happens and it's like your whole day is ruined like well, humanity is unfair I look at the ungratefulness there that's the only but, conclusion you can we must remember that Allah tests us through some people they are tested through blessings yeah. and some people are tested through trials here and there why so you can return to Allah either way it's a way to return to Allah you're blessed you're grateful you're trialed you have to be patient. You have to remember. Okay? I mean, that's patient. where you get like, uh, what's it called? The examples of the, some of the prophets, you know, the prophets who lived, you know, humbly, lived poor. And they were still grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They prayed for, to Allah and they didn't need, they didn't need the world. They didn't need anything from this world. They just wanted to return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm -hmm. And then you got the prophets like Prophet Sulaiman who lived as, you know, Kings. a king and he lived with like, more wealth than he and could ever power. imagine and the power that he had the, the ability to talk to animals and control jinn like that type and he was still among those who uh were grateful to allah and then you got people like like prophet Nuh who had to preach for close to a thousand years and barely had any followers mm. and he had to watch his entire Persistence. ummah get destroyed like 
You think that's that's an easy task for uh, for a man to handle? Salam to be his own ummah at a certain point. Mm. Um, you know, that's See, like there's an example on all the prophets, and this is exactly why we follow them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think about the um, what is it called? I mean, Prophet Salam. Like he came, he came with like a message that Allah delivered to him, and out of the messengers that we know of, he was the one who they wanted to brutally murder him. They wanted to humiliate him. Or you don't hear that Prophet from... Ibrahim. Think, oh, reflect on Prophet Ibrahim Alayhi story and how how faithful this man was. If you want to if you want to look at a prophet, an example of Iman, look at Prophet Ibrahim. You know, but he was before he was given prophethood, that he he rejected the idols. He know he knew his Lord was one. This was before he was given prophethood. And yet, even when he protested against the people and the people there threatened to throw him in the fire, he was still he still wasn't given prophethood. It wasn't until he was firm in his belief they threw him in the fire until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him prophethood. Firm could belief. You, could you imagine how much iman he had? Like how and how much of a like, like a rajal he was. He was willing to I sacrifice know. anything. He yeah. submitted he submitted himself in any in any way that Allah asked him to. Mm -hmm. When when mm -hmm. Jibreel came to ask him, O Ibrahim, Allah sent me here to help you when he was about to be thrown into cast into the fire. He said, I don't need your help to Jibri. He said, I don't need your help. I want Allah. I need Allah's help. I only need Allah. Yeah, that's subhanAllah. The amount of yaqeen and iman they have, subhanAllah. You also think about, um, that's the difference between, you know, someone who's who's firm upon their faith so much that they believe that if you were to kill me right now, I understand, like, this is not the end for me. Like, mm -hmm. I, I'm not, I'm a servant of Allah. Versus someone else who... You know, they they probably throw their faith out the window to stay alive. And you know, also those are shows, the people who are afraid of death. It also shows like the help of Allah will come when you have the certainty. If you're if who and it's like in Surah Yusuf, it says whoever turns um whoever loses hope in the mercy of Allah, they disbelieve. Huh. And it's like the help of Allah will come when you have true certainty. He was thrown in a fire. He still said he still said no. Nah, I want I want Allah's help only. And when you, yeah, when you think about it, like think about someone who if they're a prisoner of war, they're a Muslim, right? And the only way they'll release them or, or release this person or uh, like, what's it called? Release this person or not kill them is if they renounce Islam. Now, see, there, there are two types of people. One who's strong in faith who will take the death. You know, you, you kill me, I'm a shaheed now. But there, there will be the person who, you know, they won't renounce Islam until right before the blade touches their neck and they're about to taste death. They'll say like, no, okay, I renounce Islam. You know, that's the person who's weak in faith. And... The reason why they renounce Islam right before they die is because the whole time they were not a true Muslim. Or even this, like, I forgot uh, which scholar said this, but like, it's, it's, it's just something that I like to say often. It's just like, you can't beat the, you can't beat the true Muslim. You kill him, you make him a shaheed, you put him uh, in jail, you give, you, you, you give him more alone time with Allah. And if you don't do either or, he's going to still continue what he's doing. Mm -hmm. There is no beating the Muslim. We see, we see through the prophets and subhanAllah, every single prophet, we see through them how in times of trials and how at the peak of death, they remembered Allah. Mm -hmm. Adam, when he was sent down, right? And you have Ibrahim, when he had, when he was cast into the fire or when he held a blade at Ismail's throat. Mm -hmm. Yusuf, when he was thrown in, into jail, mm -hmm. right? Ayyub, when he was afflicted with, he lost all his Allah, that's so kids. Beautiful. Like, subhanAllah. It, it, you know, like when... The subhanAllah, beautiful verse. It's like, And when Ayyub, he was afflicted by hardship and he called Allah by his names, by his uh, beautiful, most beautiful of names. Mm -hmm. And then Allah, what does Allah say? He just says, we responded to him. He just said, Allah, just like, you know, that hardship, is hardship has afflicted me. He didn't say, oh Allah, please help me. Oh, Allah, try me. 
وانت راح امرعين يو ار ذا موست بيرسون and then we responded to him and then it's very like and then I'm, Allah says in the Quran like وقال ربكم ادعوني استجب لكم like I will respond your lord says call upon me I will respond to you and this is to humanity this isn't this isn't just a subject to a special human being like this is humanity this is for and everyone and I write after Allah says inna alladhina yastakbiruna an ibadati yadkhuluna janna so calling upon Allah what did I you said وقال ربكم ادعوني استجب لكم call upon me I will reply to you but right after that he said those who are arrogant or those who are, you know, um, heedless against um, my worship. So calling upon Allah is a part of worship, subhanAllah. Yeah, subhanAllah. And not doing that it causes someone to become heedless. Exactly. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Yes. Yes. Like imagine like calling upon Allah for whatever you want and then like calling him like khayrul razikin, like you know, the best of providers. Like knowing that in your heart, like you're asking the one, the best of providers. So like there, there's no way like you can miss out on this. Yeah, man. You're not asking the second best. You're asking the best. You don't. You don't take parts of the Quran and leave out others. Right? The whole thing, you know, it's for you. It's for mankind. It's for mm. us. It's for you to read. For you to ponder upon. Just like we just did now. And you know, I think that's a good way to close out this episode. A good reminder for us and all everybody who's listening and watching. Subhanallah. Uh, but with that being said, you know, salam alaikum warahmatullah. <laughs> you interrupted me all right we hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast episode make sure you guys like this video share it with your friends and family you never know whose life you can change by sharing this that being said oh and just remind you guys we're not uh scholars we're still students of knowledge